0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's byt dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode
1: of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can- cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit... Our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bear Stock Underground T-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with SportsDrink. And thanks to Points Bet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> What's up, guys? Quick turnaround, almost at breakneck speed, because it's already week six for our beloved Chicago Bears. Tomorrow night they take on the Washington Commanders uh, to start the week official, and um, I'm 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 anxious to see this game. I, I really am uh, to see if the Bears offensively can pick up where they left off at the end of the ball game when it really seemed like the offense was humming there. Uh, at the end. I don't know if it was that we had worn uh, Minnesota down, having dominated time of possession in the second half, aside from that last drive where Minnesota gobbled up seven minutes uh, of the fourth quarter uh, there, or if it was just, you know, Justin Fields actually seeing everything he needed to see in order to make the right reads, make the right throw, deliver the ball with confidence, because that's the other thing that we take away uh, and, and why some of us are you know yeah upset that we lost but like I said before it was one of those feel good about the losses kind of games because we saw the kind of progress from our young quarterback we've been dying to see this season so um, you know hoping that they can hit the ground running uh, offensively and not have to have one of those um, you know cold periods to start the game before they finally get warmed up and get going so uh, hopefully that is more of what we'll see on Thursday and you know we're humming throughout um as opposed to you know the slow but sure the slow burn to to finally get to the roaring fire that was uh the offensive progress of the second half against the Vikings so uh anyway guys uh, news and notes I don't really have anything it's just a quick injury uh update uh for the bears uh Nikhil Harry is Back. He has been officially activated uh, to the roster. He was limited in practice, so I don't know if he is actually going to play uh, on Thursday. I hope to God he does. We need all the help we can get uh, in the passing game, especially with the game that Smith-Marset and Dante Pettis threw out there against Minnesota on Sunday. But um, uh, he takes the roster spot of Matt Adams, who was, uh, who just returned this past Sunday from an injury. He's going on IR now with a calf injury that he left the Minnesota game uh, early with. So there's your corresponding uh, roster move. And in hallelujah news for the defense, Jalen Johnson is healthy. He's practicing full, which is a great indicator that um, he will play on Thursday. I'd keep a close eye on Jalen uh, because these projections, as far as like being limited, participating full, these are very much in the vein of if we practice because the Bears and the and the commanders are not actually practicing this week with with three days between their last game and their next they're only doing walkthroughs and, and things like that so Jalen Johnson won't be able to participate fully to possibly re-injure that quad injury I mean that's how he got hurt in the first place he he, he uh, aggravated the quad in practice and missed the before the Texans game and We've missed him for the last three games, so I'd keep an eye on Jalen Johnson early to see if that in in full action uh, against the Commanders early on, um, you know, is that leg one hundred percent? Is he ready to go? Uh, will he? You know, is it because those soft tissue injuries, man, they're so moody. You know, uh, ask Valus Jones. Uh, thought he had thought he was good to go with the hamstring. Played, you know, a couple of downs in the Seahawks game. We hadn't seen him until last week against the Giants. So those soft tissue injuries can be a bitch. So uh, hopefully Jalen Johnson is good to go. And uh, we don't have to worry about him not being in the lineup uh, for an extended period of time, if at all, uh, once again. So uh, and that's it. That's all I got for news and notes. No interesting tidbits or anything coming out of Hallis Hall uh, this week. So I thought I'd just go ahead and, and push it out. Uh, in the intro, so we can dive right in to the meat of the sandwich, which would be our guest uh, for this week. Um, Mr. Who, a.k.a. Brian, from the uh, Commander's Declassified uh, podcast joined me. I spoke to him Monday morning, so we're still kind of reeling from our losses uh, to Minnesota and Tennessee, uh, respectively. And uh, it was, uh, unfortunately for the the podcast, it was before Ron Rivera made the statement about what he think is is wrong with his football team, and Ron Rivera's one-word answer was quarterback. It's like, ooh, <laughs> I wish I could have gotten his take uh, on that one, but uh, so just to give you some context, this conversation took place before Ron Rivera made the statement about Carson Wentz being the issue with his football team uh, right now, and uh, how we were still kind of fresh uh, on the Losses to Minnesota, losses to Tennessee, and, um, but I had a great time uh, talking to him. A lot of great information uh, in the show, especially like what the Bears can uh, look to um, take advantage of uh, on Thursday uh, against the Commanders. And um, it was good stuff. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get the show started. It's myself and Mr. Who. From the uh, Commanders Declassified podcast for the week six preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Thank God for small favors after our beloved come up shortening on Minnesota uh, on Sunday. We don't have a lot of time to dwell on it because we're right back at it on Thursday night hosting the Washington Commanders in what might be the ugliest uniform matchup so far in 2022 when the Bears go all orange on Thursday night. God help me. Um, and here to help us preview what could be this ugly uniform disaster,
0: <laughs> uh, Brian,
1: Mr. Who, how are we doing,
0: man? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, the Washington Commanders are not. They are struggling pretty, uh, pretty mightily, but I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you, man?
1: Uh, I've been better you know uh, the ending of yesterday's game about cost me all the furniture in my house but uh, <laughs> yep. uh, you know otherwise uh, I'm making it work you know I'm I'm yeah. dealing with it and and you know sometimes the uh, your podcast or whatever can feel like a burden because you got to put it out there uh, yeah. but after games like this it can be very therapeutic because you get to vent your anger yes. Uh, yes. out uh, on on these uh, on these shows uh, but real quick before we get started Uh, The name of your podcast, again, it literally just flew right out of my head as I was trying to introduce you. I forgot the name of the show. I'm sorry.
0: No, absolutely. So uh, our podcast is the Commander's Declassified Podcast, uh, available on all audio platforms. Our website is wftdeclassified.com, and uh, we're also on YouTube as well. Awesome,
1: awesome. So I had a chance, thanks to the glory of YouTube to sit down and and watch about a nine to nine and a half minute recap of yesterday's game uh, for the Commanders and the uh, Titans. Yeah, And um, I was watching the score go back and forth on the ticker all day long as I was watching uh, the Bears game. Um, And I got to admit, I'm a little worried about you guys because we have a little bit of a problem with what you call pass protection. And uh, Ryan Tannehill had a Washington Commander-shaped guy on his back most of the football game on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, this was by far the best defensive performance we've had this year. And, uh, we were able to get to Tannehill to, for five sacks. Um, and then the rest of the day, we we're able to move them off a spot, knock him down, um, but uh, you know, the, with the Titans, uh, you know their uh, their their running game is kind of what dominates, uh, you know, their whole attack. So uh, we kind of struggled in that regard. But uh, yeah, we, we the the defensive uh, line kind of finally showed up. Uh, you know, there's always the talk of hey, there's four first round picks and this and that, and uh, they've been very underwhelming. Um, you know, for for the much of this season so far, but uh, they showed up on Sunday.
1: And your best guy's not even playing.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it, you know, for for some people, you know, uh, Jonathan Allen, um, you are defensive tackle. He he legitimately is. He's a he made the Pro Bowl last year. He's actually turned himself into one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Obviously, you know, everyone knows Aaron Donald's. Uh, you know that guy. He's so far above every other defensive tackle. But right below him, you know, uh, there's a, a group, a couple of guys. And I think Jonathan Allen's right there. But yeah, Chase Young still not uh, still not healthy yet. And uh, you know, we're you know a lot of people have big hopes for him when he returns you know whenever that may be
1: right so pup list he's definitely out for the for the bear game but he's early to come or eligible to come back as soon as week seven for you guys right
0: yeah exactly um that's kind of the target but you know considering how kind of severe his injury was you know there is also some you know kind of thinking that it may be later but yeah that uh, that week seven matchup is i think the earliest that we could see him will we see him i'm not so sure some people are hoping that uh, he's back then but hey if you're talking about the number two overall pick uh make sure he's healthy bring yeah. him back you know this season's not looking real good for us so um bringing him back right now i don't know how much help he will be um and, and even if it's worth it so he can get himself re-injured so i uh right. I, I i would be you know very cautious before bringing him back even at week seven but i think that's kind of what the team is hoping for best case scenario
1: so did he re-aggravate the injury or is he just you know still no. kind of like a david bakhtiari situation he's just taking a little bit longer to to heal with the severity of the of the tear and
0: everything yeah, yeah. No, he didn't re-aggravate anything. Uh, the The injury was a little bit more severe than what was initially kind of uh, released to everybody. I think he had to have like a graft of uh, um, the patella tendon. Um, uh, well, so it, it it was a lot that he had to have uh, done and now needs to be rehabbed. So I think it, it really is just hey, they want to be cautious. They want to make sure that he's back fully, so it's going to take some time. If it was just kind of a, you know, one of the more um, traditional ACLs uh, that guys come back, uh, you know, nowadays from pretty quickly, you know, we uh, he he probably would have been back by now. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it's a, it was a little bit more severe, and uh, I think that's what's kind of keeping him out.
1: Because I re- I remember reading towards the start of the season that management was livid with him because he re-aggravated the injury at a Von Miller camp, or or something like that. There was no. Truth yeah, for that. there were
0: there were some reports about that that he had gone to the Von Miller camp, but it actually it turned out he was not there. He was here at that time. Um, the he was only there one day, and it was literally handshakes, appearances, and uh, stuff like that. He didn't actually participate in terms of you know moving around, doing drills, or anything like that. And the very next day, he was um, at uh, training camp and at the team facility. So that was a little bit more blown up. Than and, uh, was actually there
1: well that's good to hear <laughs> It's just the yeah. last thing that you want to do is you know you're you're already upset you're going to be without him but then for it to be self-inflicted uh, doing something you shouldn't be doing you know things like like that I mean we bear fans we kind of have a a touchy spot uh, with that because we lost one of our better players early in the 2020 season and he was out all of 2020 and literally all of 2021 oh, wow. with an ACL, and that was Tariq Cohen. Yes. And yep. he got hurt week three of 2020. And you figure oh, like, wow. okay, well, the blessing in him getting hurt now is that he should be, number one, uh, You know, th- ready to go by the end of the season as far as he's more strengthening the knee yep. and all that kind of stuff versus recovering from the surgery uh, and all that kind of stuff. He'll be he should be good to go throughout the entire off season. And then we fast forward almost a year later. We're in training camp. He's still limping around uh, the facility and everything. And everyone's wondering because the Bears aren't telling us anything.
0: Yeah, did, did exactly. he re-aggravate
1: the injury? Was it more severe than initially thought? Did he have to have a follow-up surgery? They're telling us nothing. And all we know is that Cohen's not practicing. Uh, when he was eligible to come off the pup list, he never did and oh, wow. went through it out the entire 2021 season, never saw the practice field, and then we cut him in the offseason when he failed the physical.
0: Oh wow! So it was like yeah. just
1: like that. He went from being one of our most important players, just signed a contract extension, to being this guy that's literally missed two years. And then poor Tariq, man. He was, you know, now he's a free agent. He's ready right. to go. He's healthy. The knee is good to go. He wants to play this year. Blows out his Achilles in training
0: yeah i do remember seeing that yeah, he video did an instagram of live uh yeah of it.
1: it was yep. just like oh man your yeah, heart just was, goes out to the
0: guy yeah you know? it was pretty sad to watch absolutely. it'll be almost
1: three full seasons if he plays in 2023 it's unbelievable yeah so absolutely but um back to the uh task at hand um you you guys uh take out uh jacksonville you 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 uh, like a come from behind thing with jacksonville uh week one uh to get the win You've lost four straight. Prospects aren't looking good. Do you think Chico's gonna survive this one?
0: Um yeah. I mean, uh you know, Ron is um, you know, he's here, right? Like given, you know, everything that's happening with uh with the owner here in D C. Ron has a five year contract, he's gonna get that five years. The owner, I think, just needs the uh he, he needs the cover, right? Like he can't <laughs> afford to <laughs> to fire anybody or anything uh right now. So Ron has a 5 year contract and he will be here no matter how ugly it gets right outside of a you know a full on revolt by the uh, the players uh you know, which the players love Ron. I don't. I don't foresee that happening. I, I, that's one thing that um, I think is, you know, one of Ron's best um, skills or strong suits is that he connects well with the players, and the players love him, and they'll they'll play hard for him. It's all the other things that um, is questionable with uh, with Ron. So he'll make it um, out of this, and he'll get the, his five years. But uh, it's not looking good so far. Um, three years into his tenure, and uh, he's still kind of preaching, "Hey, it's going to take." Time it's going to take time, and uh, you know we see other teams around the league turning it around pretty quickly. If you look at even in our own division, you have the New York Giants who were an absolute mess last year, and they're four and one. They look like a competent football team in year one, and we're still kind of struggling to tread water here in DC. So, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of upset fans, a lot of questionable uh, decisions by Ron here.
1: Yeah, it's got to be tough to be in a in a division with a team like that that purged their roster gave away one of their best players in Bradbury who's also in division still with the Eagles yeah. Uh, and everything. Well yeah yeah playing playing well for them and and all that kind of stuff they got a quarterback that if if this was a better quarterback class would have be out would be out the door already it, they Absolutely. would have already purged him and, and shipped him off yep and yet they they're on the they're on a plane back from London right now after beating Green Bay uh, for the whole world to see. Uh, sitting at 4 and 1 on top of the division uh yes. right now. So it's yeah, it's uh that's that's a bad look uh for Ron to be in year 3 and here, you know, Dable's 5 games in, he's 4 and 1 uh in uh, everything. So yeah, that's that's got to be a rough uh Oh, it's
0: it's absolutely rough because ron had uh you know ron kind of you know put his uh, foot in his mouth to start the season so oh, during the nice. offseason ron had said hey this is year three for us our team should take a jump uh, should take a big step forward it's year three you know um you know we we've got to do more so he kind of set himself up for you know kind of what's happening right now he told the media told the fans you know multiple times during the offseason this is a big step year uh we should take a step forward and quite literally we've we've taken a step backwards here uh, to start this year i mean it looks it looks a little bit worse than uh, you know kind of what we've seen so uh yeah not not a lot of happy uh fans uh here in d c
1: yeah, especially with your schedule doing you no favors uh here um you know jacksonville, you got that win, the lions.
0: Um, well, the the schedule actually. I mean, if you look back at the 2021 season for us, we had one of the more harder schedules in the NFL. If not, I think we were like the second hardest or first in the NFL. Yeah, and then there's were up there too. Yeah, and, and then this year I think we we're like third or fourth easiest schedule. Now, obviously, you know the schedule. Um, you know, it, it, all those things change year to year, right? right. A team that you, you you may think is bad is actually good. But, uh, I mean, if you would have told me we had Jacksonville to start out the year, the Detroit Lions, um, it, it, and then we went to uh, the Eagles, I could have told you, hey, those are three winnable games. But uh, it turns out they, they really weren't. And we, barely, we were barely able to survive the, uh, the Jacksonville game. We, we were leading. Jacksonville came back, um, got up on us, and uh, stopped us from scoring. And it, it wasn't for uh, two uh, big plays that we had late in that game to come back and win. You know, we could be zero and five, and that's a that's a very scary thought. A third year into a rebuild,
1: right? So, where's the where's the disconnect? Because when I sit down and and I look, you know, like I, like I told you earlier, I've, I've been I'm doing an NFL show at, to like companion with the the Bears show and everything, so I'm a little bit more tuned in to the league than I have been in a while, and I'm seeing Wentz putting up decent numbers, uh, but I'm not seeing points uh, from the offense. I mean. Your highest output was in the loss to the Lions, thirty-six to twenty-seven, and then the three weeks yes. after that, eight points, ten points, and then seventeen yesterday against the Titans. What's what's holding the offense back?
0: Uh, it, it's really the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner. Mm. Um, Scott Turner, his offense is literally five and seven-step drops, looking for that big pass oh, uh, wow. pass play. Okay. And he's essentially neglected the run game entirely. We, we To start this year, Carson has thrown the ball 40-plus times in every game, except for yesterday, except for Sunday, um, uh, against the Titans, where he threw it 38 times. And, you know, hey, if you have Patrick Mahomes, if you have Justin Herbert, if you have Josh Allen, by all means, throw it 40, 50, 60 times a game. Um, but if your quarterback is Carson Wentz, if you have our offensive line, um that's not a good idea. Um Carson needs a strong run game and he's not the quarterback who can throw it 40 plus times a game and win you those games. He's just not maybe he was at the beginning of his career but at this point he's not and Scott Turner his lack of recognition in that um in that fact has really kind of hurt this offense. So we don't run the football. We're constantly calling five and seven step drops. And the defense knows it. They know that we're not going to run the football, and they know that we're not going to change our pass game. We have no quick passing game. There's no uh, three-step drop in our offense. Uh, There's no quick passes that we can just kind of get the ball out and alleviate some of that pressure that the defense is bringing. So what happens a lot of time, if we don't hit the big play, it's a sack. It's a fumble. Yeah. Um, it's a three and out and punt, and that's that's what's been happening. That's why you see um, kind of some of the stats I'm that Carson has, old, and I'm then okay, you know we have, have no points, anytime. and uh, you know we're we, we're one and four. So, um, you know Turner really you know is focused on calling his plays, not necessarily what's best. Um, for the offense and for the team in terms of, hey, how can I utilize my talent the best? Because we've got an offensive line that's actually decent, but they're playing really poorly because, again, we're asking them to drop back 40-plus times a game, and the defense knows it, and they're just bringing a heavy rush every time as opposed to kind of keeping it a little bit more balanced, let us run the football a little bit more. That way take some of this pressure off Carson so he doesn't feel like he has to be perfect every game.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, stats, which is where that stupid music uh, came from all of a sudden i don't know if you heard it or not. no i, I didn't hear any of it. Uh, so yeah the uh the ad uh that was on the on the espn website decided to start playing all of a sudden so <laughs> we're right in the middle of what you're saying yes, but that's how it i'm works. sitting there looking <laughs> at the at the rushing stats and your leading rusher was brian robinson uh coming back from his uh shooting uh yeah, incident nine, nine carries yeah nine carries for 22 yards Yeah. And you had 17 carries for the game and I think six of them were when scrambling.
0: Exactly. So if you actually look at it, we had 12 carries for our running backs. 12 carries. And I, you know, again, you know, unless your quarterback's Tom Brady, Mahomes, Allen, like you're not going to win many football games with, you know, rushing it 12 times and you don't have, uh, you know, kind of that elite level quarterback who can carry you. And uh, we don't have that. That's not really what Wentz is. He, he does have the big arm, he can make that big uh, pass play, but. Um, when you're asking them to drop back as much as uh, uh, as we are, you know, you're gonna run into uh, problems, and that's that's what's been happening.
1: Well, I mean, also, you know, the guys you talk about, Brady, Allen, uh, Mahomes, and everything, they also kind of run an offense where they pass to run, so they have yeah. that that mid level exactly. you know, the, the crossing route six to f- you know five to seven yards out to to get yeah. uh, a chunk of yardage uh, and everything. Uh, whereas you know it's from what you're describing Scott Turner's running this uh high risk high reward uh type of offense and it worked for you yesterday on two occasions which is why you were exactly. in the game with Tennessee exactly. you had that crazy 75 yarder to uh Diami Brown and then you had another one from what 35 40 yards uh for the second one but you're talking two shots out of 40 something drop backs that's that's not a uh, uh recipe for success
0: Exactly. And literally, that was our offense yesterday. Those two big plays, like, let's say Diami Brown was inactive yesterday. I mean, we were, Jahan Dotson, our first round pick, had a hamstring, so he was out yesterday. He'll probably be out um, on Thursday night because uh, it's a short week, and I don't see why they would bring him back on a short week. Right. Um, so if, if diami Brown's out, like, you know, the offense is gone. The offense, it, you know, is uh, non-existent because, um, you know, we live and die by that uh, that big play. And, and as you were mentioning, those other teams that, um, you know, they they pass to run right. They they have some of these passes, these swing passes, these crossers, these rub routes, right, pick yeah. routes. Um, we don't do any of that in our offense. It's a it's a common complaint of fans that uh, you know Terry McLaurin, a, a guy who's great after the catch. All they do is just try to send him uh, deep. They don't uh, they don't use him on um, you know slants, rub routes, pick routes. They don't design anything to get him the football as a number one wide receiver. And and the defenses love it because they're like, great, you're not going to use this weapon over here. Now we can focus on all your other routes and uh, shut those down. So it is um, you know it's a it's a it's a very big issue here that um, you know we'll see how it uh, progresses uh, you know after this Thursday night game.
1: Yeah, it, it's been a, a similar bag in Chicago as far as, like, the offense not being where we would like for it uh, to be. It's especially frustrating because three weeks in the preseason, we watched the offense get better week to week, and then we get yeah. back to the regular season, and it's just like, what happened? Where did right, they go? Exactly. You know, it's like we saw all this progress from Justin Fields. I mean, by the third game against Cleveland, he's brilliant. It's yes. like, man, I cannot wait for the season to start. This is going to exactly. be fantastic. And then the season starts, and it's like – what happened? We're we we're, we're, yeah. we're lucky to break a hundred yards passing, uh, you know, in the passing like we're running like beasts, but we need that other side uh, of the of the offense, and it's just not there. And then finally, this past Sunday, yesterday uh, against Minnesota, another slow start, which is something the Bears sorely need to work on. Um, yeah. but in the second half, uh, I think somebody tweeted out yesterday Fields was twelve of thirteen. Uh, You know, the touchdown pass and everything. Like, he was brilliant in the second half.
0: right? And
1: it's like, okay, great. Now, can we carry this into Washington, or is it going to be back to the first quarter worth three and out for the first three drives uh, of the game again? It's like that's what's kind of been frustrating, that they can't seem to carry momentum during the regular season like they did in the preseason. I mean, it's preseason. Take it for what you will. But still, you saw him, you know, barely competent week one against Kansas City. Then week two against the Seattle, we put together a nice drive. We kick a field goal, and then three drives in three out of three or four drives in the first half against Cleveland. Three touchdown drives, three brilliant touchdown passes. I'm like, okay, he's ready. Yeah. Let's do this. And then, yeah, absolutely, you know, we struggle, barely score enough points to get past San Francisco. We don't show up against Green Bay week two. We struggle to barely get past the uh, Texans week three, and then la- last week against um, the Giants. No touchdowns, settling for field goals, can't get the passing game going. And then yesterday, we finally see the progress we've been waiting to see, but we still come up short. Uh in the end, so I mean, yeah, and
0: I've I've been watching, you know, trying to keep track of, uh you know, Justin Fields. I'm a I'm a fan of Justin Fields. My my mother-in-law is a big Bears fan, so you know, I I try to you know pay attention to the Bears and and seeing some of his passing outputs. You know, is just you know from looking at it on the outside. You know, I immediately go like, what what's the offensive coordinator doing? Like, how are they not utilizing him? Having watched him his whole college career, and you know, saw some of him in the preseason. You know, um, you know, just like you're saying, kind of some of that improvement. Each week in the preseason, it's like, well, where you know, what what are they doing with him? Because he's such a talent, right? He's got the arm, he can move, he can make throws on the run. It's like uh, he can also help your run game. And it's yeah. like, uh, you know, where you know, you asked where the disconnect on our offense was. You know, for me, that's you know, kind of the same thing. I mean, I wish we had traded uh, for Justin Fields as opposed to trading a bunch of picks for Carson Wentz. Um, yeah. I, think, I think you and I talked about that. You know, the last time uh, I was on, is I, I would have been very happy if we had just traded uh, some more picks for, for Justin Fields. So, yeah, no, it's uh, that's been interesting to see kind of – does your offensive quarter, do you guys just not want to pass? Are you more run-centric or kind of where? Well, if,
1: if you'd asked me this last week, I would have told you that it's because they're too conservative. Okay. Um, like we had chances in the red zone last week, and instead of being aggressive, we're running the ball on third and short instead of maybe trying to do like a play-action fake, roll out Justin, you know, kind of like with – what the giants were beating us to death with with Daniel, Daniel Jones right uh, and everything last week but like after what we saw yesterday i think we're finally starting to get it it's just a matter of does that show up play one in the first quarter against you guys on on thursday or do we go back to the ultra conservative let's kind of warm up let's get a rhythm going before we start trying to make it, take any chances or 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 anything like that and before we know it Carson Wentz and Deami Brown have hooked up twice, and we're down fourteen nothing before we had a chance to, well, for, you know, for our beer to get warm.
0: You well, know, you, you don't thing. have to, you don't have to worry about us jumping out to a lead because that has also been our issue. Well, actually, the entire time under Ron Rivera, we have, um, and actually, uh, we talked about this on our pod uh, last week. There's a stat out there for Ron Rivera that in his time here in Washington. Forty percent of his games, uh, they've either failed to score in the first half or have been down by multiple scores uh, in the first half. So we've got this uh, really bad issue of falling behind. Like in the Detroit game, I think it was twenty-two yeah. nothing. Um, yeah. You know, Eagles, same thing. Uh, we fell behind a bunch of points there. Jacksonville was the rarity, right? Like we actually were up in the first half, 14 to three, uh, but that didn't last uh, very long. So we don't do well to start out games. So there's an opportunity for you guys to, um, to kind of get right and get, uh, you know, be able to get points early. Because that's that's something that's been our weakness for several years now. And Ron, whenever it's asked to him, he brushes it off as if it's not a, um, a real thing. And it, it is very much real, and we, we're we still struggling with it with no answer. And uh, Scott Turner hasn't really tried to address it. You know, hey, if you've got a struggling offense, you know, try something new try going yeah. no hard, try running the 2 minute you know give it some tempo uh to to mix it up to uh put the defense on its heels a little bit and we just we don't seem to do that so that that's certainly one of our issues here so that um you know i'm sure i'm sure your coaching staff is looking at that as an opportunity to uh on thursday night
1: well it could that that could mean that it could be very exciting in the first half or extremely boring with the, <laughs> yeah, with these two right. offenses that can't get going yeah. until they get warmed up Especially uh, on a short the, week, yeah. Especially yeah. on
0: a short week where guys are still banged up from Sunday, um, and see how it is. So yeah, you're you're right. It, it may end up being um, you know zero zero at halftime with uh, with with these two teams. Let me ask you:
1: Thursday night, fan? Not a fan? No, not a
0: fan yeah, at me all. Me neither. Uh, I, I think the quality of football just isn't there. You know, occasionally, yeah, you'll get a good game here and mm-hmm. there, but uh, I think overall uh, I'm fine with it being on Sunday or, and Monday. I think yeah, those yeah. are perfectly fine for a football game. Hey, maybe if you want to – Take a couple of games from Sunday and put it on a Saturday night. I'm yeah, fine yeah. with that too, but I don't really see the uh, the kind of point in um, in Thursday. I will say though, I like watching the the game on Amazon Prime on Thursday night isn't half bad i don't uh, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, kind of their presentation on Thursdays, but it's not that bad watching in the app yeah i
1: do I do enjoy I mean, I love football, but yeah, I'm sure Absolutely. that my football appetite could be satisfied by a random college game. Uh, on Thursday night it doesn't have to be the pros um, uh, and anything like that and, and like you said uh, I, I, re, I, w- I like to look at my quote-unquote Facebook memories when they come up every day <laughs> right. and I remember reading a uh, a post I had from you know five six years ago and my post was so when it comes to Thursday night you're either in for the easiest game on your schedule or you're in for the beating of your life because that's yes. how those games were going that particular season where every single Thursday night game for like the first six weeks was like, Oh, and it's 41 to three at halftime exactly. uh, kind of thing. Like one team was just ready to go. The other one, you know, still recovering from Sunday or whatever it was just gets blasted at home on the road. It didn't matter. It exactly. was, it was like the, these teams was just like, yeah, we're going to win 68 to nothing uh, today. And then this other team is barely going to get off the bus. Um, and I, I've never really been a big fan of, Uh, Of third, I think I was intrigued by the idea when when they decided it was going to be a permanent thing back in like oh six, yep, and everything like that's exciting. Thursday night, just more pro football. I'm on, yeah, exactly. But it's like, what could go wrong? Yeah, after they started playing these games, it's like, yeah, I I could do without this. I really could. Um, and 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 I know like guys like Richard Sherman very vocal against oh yeah the Thursday night game and everything, and I don't blame him. I really don't. I mean, it's. because you you often walk away from a lot of these games with that what if it's like how would this game have gone the same way if they had all week to prepare exactly versus yeah, and, and you, you know. got to think
0: a lot of these athletes they take every bit of that entire week to get their bodies ready to get themselves ready and you know one physically but also you know the preparation watching yeah. film study uh, all those different things you know it takes all of that week uh, to kind of prepare for Sunday, and now you're telling them, hey, we're going to cut out some days here, now you got to be ready Thursday night, fly across the country, you know, whatever it is, um, to play whoever. Uh, Yeah, it just um, you know, it was great at the beginning, you know, just like you said, more football, what could be be better? Well, you know, the product hasn't necessarily been that great, and uh, just like you said, you know, it usually ends up being one team, you know, beats down the other team because the other team just, just just really isn't ready to play just yet.
1: Well, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, that thing with, with Miami and Cincinnati. Oh. Two or four days removed from, you know, exactly. wobbling on the field. He's back yeah, out there, that, gets, you know, in yeah. what a lot of people consider to be reconcussed. Yes. And misses yep. this game this past Sunday uh, and all that kind of stuff. If he had a full week to get ready, I don't think the scrutiny would have been as high. He would have had another three days uh, to prepare. Uh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff or to recover more importantly yeah. uh yeah. and everything and, and I don't know if that game goes that way number 1 if they didn't have to play on a 72 hour you know yeah. span and uh and all that kind of stuff also as a team as far as preparedness like for teams in our spots we have lost yesterday <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you absolutely. don't have time to look at that loss you got to move on yeah. to the next one you got to take every minute you've got to prepare for the next team so there's no learning from what went wrong yesterday
0: you, exactly you, you don't
1: have time the coaches are going to watch it but you yes. as a player you've just got to get ready for chicago or you got to get ready for washington never mind what happened against minnesota or tennessee we're not going to learn those lessons because if you didn't learn them on the field you didn't learn them at all we're moving on
0: right uh, and and I think that's such a great point because you know maybe for a team like uh, you know the Bucks or Chiefs who are really good you know they don't necessarily need to uh, to, to watch their mistakes or anything but teams like ours who are, we're, hey we're not really good we yeah. do need that to watch that tape these guys we got uh, young players who need to learn from their mistakes because uh, I don't know kind of what you've seen with the with the Bears so far but I know with us we we've been doing the same mistakes for five weeks now and we haven't learned from it so these guys really. need need to uh to watch that film and see what they're doing wrong because it's the same same mistakes every week and it's the same excuses that we get here in dc every week as well so that that's a great point they they need time to to, to fix those mistakes and see what those were
1: yeah especially like i said for teams in our spots not only are we developing and and, and rebuilding our squads but we we also lost so you, you got to go back and look at what went wrong yesterday to see what you can do to improve upon it they literally have no time to do that. If they do, they're yep. wasting time getting prepared for their next opponent. They've only got three days to get ready. Exactly. exactly. So it's, um, you know, and then like for Washington, you're going to spend one of those days traveling.
0: Yep. So that's, it's, that's it's, exactly right. It's
1: a bad setup. So I'm, I've, I've am i once the, once the shine was off the apple, I was like, yeah, I can live without this. I don't really dig these Thursday nights. And they, for the longest time, they so gave us like the worst matchups on yeah. Thursday. It's like, who wants to watch this game? Exactly. You know, like, who wants to? Who cares? And then they yeah. did the color rush thing on Thursday. Like I'm a uniform snob, so that yeah. was that was hell on earth for me. Yeah. Like the ketchup and mustard bowl between the Bucks and the Rams. Remember that? Oh, um, that, no, that was bad. That yeah. Was bad and ball. then there yeah. was the the colorblind bowl. They had uh, Buffalo and uh, the Jets. The Jets, where They were yep. both wearing like red and green. It's like
0: oh, people so who are bad.
1: colorblind just see a bunch of gray guys on the
0: field. <laughs> right, like, exactly.
1: It was, they almost broke Twitter complaining about it. It was hilarious.
0: Right, exactly. So, it looked like some black and white footage of a, you know, 1940s football game. It really game. did. It really yeah.
1: did. Thank God I'm not colorblind. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Points Bet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears' season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your PointsBet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own BearStock Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink, and thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast.
0: Well, uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, the uh, the uniforms. Uh, it wasn't this weekend, but last week we wore our all-blacks. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you got a chance I, to see. I talked the- about it
1: on the show last week, my NFL show, and I was like, I can't tell if I love or I hate these all black uniform because that one bla- it's like black on black. That's a really good look. Exactly. You know, I, I like the black helmet. Um, yeah. You know, the, the weird insignia on the forehead though, that, that was a odd choice. Yeah. But that, it's like,
0: that
1: is. you know, but it's like the numbers, they're gold instead of white. The, the, the it was like, I like the red trim. Should they gone? Should they have gone with red with gold or, you know, that kind of like, ah, yeah, that's where I went back and forth. There's like first glance, Love it. and then, But when you sit there and you look at it, it's like, hmm, what, uh, what would I do to fix this? It's like, I'm not really feeling it 100% now.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that was the same for me. I, You know, when I finally saw them, actually, the players in them, and my fear was it's going to look too Steeler-like. And mm-hmm. it does... Um, You know, if there was more burgundy in there, I think the burgundy was just uh, too thin and too, uh, you're not enough of it. Uh, And it was just, it looked very Steeler-like to me. So if there was a little bit more burgundy, I think I'd be okay. But yeah, uh, the, the helmet with the W on the front is a little. It's different, so yeah. uh, you know I, from that from that regard. You know that's nice to see something a little different. And it's funny because, you know, growing up, I was always like, "Man, if we could get a black alternate, that would be so cool. That would be so great. That would look tough." And then we finally get a black alternate, and now I'm like, "Oh no!" That, Let that me tell you, man.
1: As far as uniforms go, and this goes way back for me, like way back to like middle school and, and things like that, because I've always been you know, artistic. So th- this stuff has always popped uh, for me. Uh, I'm not a fashion guy, which is ironic, but I just right, – this, Right, This stuff has always been important uh, to me. I miss the Redskins. Yeah. And I, and, yeah. and I miss the 90s Redskins where there was the white top, the burgundy bottoms yeah. every week. Home or away, white tops, burgundy bottoms. It was one of my favorite uniforms, like, ever, and, yeah. and I miss it. Because uh, then yeah. when, when, like, Spurrier came in or, or Shanahan – And they started doing the yellow bottoms. It's like, Um, hate it. The mustard. Get rid of the yellow bottoms. Get rid of them. Bring the burgundy. White on top, burgundy on bottom. Bring it back. I miss it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm exactly with you. the The white tops, the burgundy pants were 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 just great. It was a it was a good look. Uh, I have never ever. I call them the mustard pants. Those burgundy or those gold, uh, the mustard pants. Like I just think they're the ugliest things, and I never, <laughs> I could never understand why we would keep with them because we still do. And it's just, uh, you know, I guess that'll you know change here this season. But uh, that, um, yeah, I never liked that one at all. I, I'm I, I like the classic one.
1: Right. Well, if you're in for an eyesore, wait till you see the Bears in all orange <laughs> on Thursday. This is this is hell on earth for me, man. I, yeah. I, I've always hated the orange jerseys. And then for the alternate helmet, we're doubling down and going with an orange helmet uh, as well. It was like when I saw it, I was like... Well, ho- somebody up there yeah. hates me man this is gonna
0: yeah. be so rough <laughs> well hopefully those uh those uh those bright orange jerseys will help our secondary see where your receivers are running <laughs> because we we we've got a we've got a big issue um any kind of deep shot and I think this is probably something you guys will um you guys will pick up on I mean with, I hope with field with field's strong arm um if you just chuck it deep on us it usually ends up being a catch or a Defensive pass interference. Yeah. Um, so that uh, that's something that uh, we've got. Uh, you know, every team has tested us, and every team has succeeded um, so far this season throwing deep on us. So you guys, uh, I, I, I imagine, will be uh, the next one to uh, to do it to us as well. Well, knock
1: on wood, uh, that would be nice because I saw that uh, that sixty-two yarder from Tannehill to um, I forget who the player was for Tennessee, but he was basically yeah. playing center field, waiting for the ball, and he had all day.
0: Yeah. Our our free safety is uh Bobby McCain and he's he's just not that great of a free safety. He's one of those players he can do a little bit of everything. He can play slot corner, he can play outside, he can play safety. Uh his first couple of years in the league, he was a cornerback, right? He was he was a slot corner and, and um I think Brian Flores in Miami switched him over to safety and you know, we've been using him as a free safety and he's just not a free safety. I think he's better as a slot corner, but uh when the ball's in the air, he he struggles really bad, and he just he he never is in position to come over top and help out on any type of deep route. So, yeah, I, I'm positive that your coaching staff is looking at that because every <laughs> everybody else, even the even the Titans, the Titans who don't really throw the football, right. knew hey, when you get in trouble, chuck it deep and we'll bail you out, and we bailed him out by uh, him catching it on the essentially two yard line. I mean, that was uh, that was pretty awful to uh, to swallow that one.
1: Yeah, it's always fun to watch a watch your team give up a fifty burger on one play.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. like that. It's like yeah. please don't. Please don't. oh jeez. Especially like in the couple of plays before where he was getting sacked, yeah. passes knocked down, and uh didn't have time to throw. And then the one play he does have time to throw, boom. Uh, you know, great pass and uh you know, sixty yard completion. Great.
1: So let's let's talk about the, the the rest of your defense. We touched we just touched on the on the secondary um what are your linebacking core uh, yeah. like? Because you're struggling with the run. So is it that they're yeah. not filling in the gaps? They can't get off the blocks? What's what's so, um, what's making the run game so difficult to stop?
0: Yeah, so um, a couple of things. You know, Ron Rivera, former linebacker. Jack Del Rio, former NFL linebacker. Mm-hmm. So you've got two guys who are linebackers. Who should know the linebacker position in and out, and they they have seemed to kind of fumble the linebacker position here in D.C. Uh, their entire time. We run you know kind of a two linebacker set uh, and also a one linebacker set for most of the game, and our linebackers are very much run and chase guys. So we've got Cole Holcomb who plays every snap on defense, and and Cole is a productive linebacker. He gets a lot of tackles. But when he hits the ball carrier, the ball carrier ends up dragging him for three, four more yards. <laughs> he's not a forceful hitter. He's not a guy who's gonna set the tone uh, for the defense at all. um again, he's a he's more of a running chase linebacker. They're forcing him into a middle linebacker role, and he's he's not that good against the run he's not that good against the pass he's just kind of average and um so th- that's that's one of the issues uh the next issue is Jamin davis a first round picket linebacker they wanted to make him a middle linebacker he could not do it so now you know they've got him as a, a weak side linebacker but they only play him kind of some of the time and the way that th- this defense is constructed they have Jamin davis you know uh offenses have figured out hey If we audible um, or, you know, motion a guy uh, in the right way, we can get our number one wide receiver matched up on Jamin Davis, a linebacker. And this has happened to us multiple times in multiple games this season, and it's so frustrating to watch, you know, Amon Ra St. Brown of uh, the Detroit Lions or... um, Uh, You know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys put CD Lamb and somehow Jamin Davis is covering their number one wide receiver and then it goes for a big play. So, you know, we we don't use the linebackers correctly. We don't have, um, you know, great linebackers. And um, again, a lot of times we're just in these two and one linebacker sets. So um, there's nobody really to kind of fill these holes who's forceful, who's strong, who's dominant in the run game. So um, we do kind of get run on Um, in our defensive line as good as as they can be um they're not necessarily stout against the run there are you know our defensive line is a little bit smaller and they're they're good at penetration um you know pass rushing um getting some stacks causing pressures but when it comes to dealing with some bigger offensive lines in the run game we can get pushed around a little bit
1: so um so you guys rolling with three safeties or like you have a hybrid guy or how does that work
0: so what happens is Ron has kind of um, really kind of talked up this Buffalo Nickel defense, and uh, it's basically a uh, the, you know Buffalo Nickel big Nickel defense to where you run with three safeties, and that third safety who plays a little bit closer to the box. Is you know either um, you know a strong safety linebacker hybrid type player. Maybe yeah. he's a little, maybe he's a little undersized for linebacker. Maybe he's slightly bigger than a, a regular safety, and that's kind of what we run with about fifty percent of the time. And um, it really you know hasn't helped us too much. You know, Ron is you know his excuse is well the you know everyone's running three wide receivers. Well, you know that's that's great, but that's not new. You know, the NFL's yeah. been doing that for several years now, and that doesn't mean you can't have you know, in a four-three defense, three linebackers. You you get three good linebackers, guys who can cover. You don't need to run the Buffalo nickel. You you run the Buffalo nickel because you don't really have good linebackers or that many linebackers. And uh, so that's kind of what you know what's been happening here. So um, you'll see a. Uh, uh, Um, You know, multiple times probably on Thursday night, we'll have this three safety look with uh, either Cam Curl, um, who's one of our strong safeties, or Derek Forrest, another one of our strong safeties, play up near the line of scrimmage, Um, almost, uh, you know, like he's an outside linebacker type of uh, look.
1: And you're a get home with four type defense, right?
0: Yeah, um, and that's that's also been another issue for us, right? So Sunday, you know, we actually were able to get home with uh, with four, right? The defensive line was able to uh, to get pressure, and I think a lot of it had to do with some of the the injuries that the Titans had on their O line. Um, you know, previously though, the our group hasn't really been able to kind of get home. Um, you know, with the front four, so we've having we've been having to blitz a little bit more, do a lot more stunts and things like that. But uh, yeah, they Jack Del Rio very much, uh, you know, is resistant to kind of blitzing and changing things up. He he would much prefer the you know the four defensive linemen to get the pressure.
1: Yeah, that was something I thought I would see more from Minnesota uh, yesterday, as far as um, because the Giants they blitz literally half the time and they were getting yeah. home. Easily, just going right yeah. over our center, who was awful. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was something I thought I'd see more from Minnesota as far as, you know, sending an extra guy. But they were yeah. more of a get home with four type thing. And I think their production was one, maybe two sacks in the game. And they got pressure from time to time. But yeah. they left holes and let Justin Fields run wild yeah. uh, on them. And, you know, he had a touchdown that got called back. He literally ran for like a 50-yard touchdown Oh, wow. After he broke the pocket, but uh, this guy who's, who's a dead man in Chicago, quite <laughs> frankly, uh, his name is Amir Smith-Marset, uh, oh, wow. got penalized okay. for a block in the back on that play. And right. then literally last play of the game, Justin Fields hits him. We're on, we're on our drive. We're, we're, we're driving the tie. We're down 29-22. Yeah. Fields hits him uh, near the sideline. He catches the football, has the first down, could step out, but instead this is going to be his moment. He's yeah. going to make some moves. He knows we have a timeout to use, so he's going to try and fight and struggle for every yard, surrounded by three defenders, and one of them just rips the ball right out of his hands.
0: Oh, geez. End of ballgame.
1: That's it. We're done. That's yeah. it. Game's over yeah. right after that. like Here yeah. we are. We're on this promising drive. We're going to tie this thing, maybe send it to overtime. Hell, maybe we go for two and try to win it. Who knows?
0: We'll, right.
1: We'll never know now because that asshole yeah. decided he had to have his moment and try to get yards that weren't there, got the ball ripped right out of his hands.
0: So, yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, but yeah, you, you have moments like that uh, in a football game, um, like yesterday with you guys. The that interception right at the goal line. I mean, talk about well, something that's just going to cut you right in half. When when you see the pass heading for the end zone, and then oh, dude jumps right in front of it, and it's interception. It's like,
0: well, come on. you know, you know. So the the first thing was is we didn't have any timeouts uh, when we got down there. And why that was uh, such a big deal was a few plays before, Rivera challenged a catch that one of our receivers made. And uh, it really wasn't a catch. It was plain as day that he lost control of the football as he went to the ground and that we would lose the challenge. Rivera still threw it anyway. And, uh, of course, we lost the challenge. and We lost that timeout, and that was our last timeout. So now when we get down there, we could easily, right, if we have that timeout, we can go ahead and try to run it, and uh, if that doesn't work, call timeout, and, you know, we still have our plays left to go and, uh, um, you know, try to take a couple shots in the end zone, right, and right. because we don't uh, have that timeout, now we've got a throw, and um, something we had mentioned on our show um you know during the week was that you know Jahan Dotson, you know the rookie wide receiver he had been really good in the red zone for us and we were like well who's going to step up this sunday and take that kind of red zone scoring you know presence well we didn't have him and we didn't have any answer for who was going to do that and uh you know that throw you know uh, that Wentz made he's backing up and he's backing up and he's throwing off his back foot and the route he's uh McKissick is not even in the end zone he's literally at the goal line yeah uh, it, you know so there were so many things wrong in that kind of whole process from the not having the timeout wasting it and then the play call uh and then the execution uh, as well too so you know i mean it, when you, when you see that that's a that's a bad operation right that means it's just poorly kind of coached right from the start
1: yeah cuz it was uh, i think it was James Lofton was calling the game uh for you guys said that he might not have even scored if he caught the ball.
0: And no, it, exactly. He um he wasn't going to because again he ran this route right at the goal line. So, unless he was able to lunge over, which he wasn't because there was a defender already draped on his back, right. he would have been stopped right at the goal line. And it's like you, you have no room for error there. Run the route in the end zone. Like the ball should always be in the end zone in that situation. You know, throwing it short makes no sense when you have no timeouts. Like that just it never made oh, yeah. any sense. So, again, that's all bad operation coaching, like just not kind of being prepared for situational football.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the situational stuff. It can it can make you nuts. I mean, I after yeah. four years of watching Matt Nagy's offense, we're like I mean, it would it would blow the it would baffle the mind. It's like, is he doing this on purpose just yeah. to screw with us? It's yeah. third and three. Everybody's running a one yard route. What are we doing?
0: Exactly. It's third and exactly. three.
1: You run a four yard route. Get past yeah. the sticks, catch the ball, first down, boom, done. But it was like he was he was like running this college offense where in college you can get away with that you can throw it uh you can throw a four yard route in third and nine and expect your receiver to get the extra yardage that he needs they can you know the the athletic deficit is such that you can pull that off from time to time in the nfl NFL. there is no room for error with that kind of thing unless somebody misses a tackle if you're catching it three yards in on third and eight you're not going to get the first down
0: yeah you know. if you're not ex- brought, wide
1: open. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no. Uh, you, you, you made a great point there, right? Like, you, uh, from college to the NFL, like, as a coach, you can be a little bit sloppy in kind of your preparation or kind of how you call things or how you scheme things. In the NFL, you can't be. You have to be detailed down to the exact centimeter because mm-hmm. – The guys are so good. The athletes are so good. And then the opposing coaching staff is so good. So you can't kind of leave things up to kind of guesswork or just leave it up to kind of the athlete to figure out or just kind of take a chance. Like you have to have everything planned out. And that's where I think you see, you know, some of these coaching staffs don't look up to snuff. And, uh, you know, you you get situations like how we, you know, we have kind of the two football teams here struggling, you know, that we'll, we'll see on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup, man. Because it there's there's a lot of room for this thing to go sideways for either team uh, yeah. here. You know, there there's yeah. a lot of, of room for improvement for for both squads. A lot of things that can go bad uh, for either of them because they are struggling. They are still figuring out who they are in this twenty twenty two season. Uh, you know, figuring out what works and 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 what have you, what their strengths are and. And whatnot. It's still early enough in the season that uh you know, there could be a lot that could go wrong or right. I mean, this this could be one of those classic Thursday night matchups where everything goes right and it's a matter of who's got the ball last, or it could be last week's game against the Colts and the Broncos, which made me want to shoot myself. I was so damn oh, bored watching yeah. that game. Just so, field goal, field
0: goal, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was bad. I mean
1: just and it's not it's a it's arama you know, in that game and, and you've got good quarterbacks. Playing in the you got Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson. You'd think this was a break the scoreboard kind of game, and these guys can't do anything. They punted like twelve times in the first half. I mean, it was yep. absolute disaster to the point where Al Michaels is literally roasting the game as he's calling it. I mean, that's how bad it was. Exactly. Uh, that that's what, what's that's what passed his entertainment on Thursday night because the game was terrible. Stick around for the Al, you know, Al Michaels stand up routine while he roasts this <laughs> game. Uh, that he's calling like just he's like outwardly angry that he has yeah. to be sitting here for this that's so you know it It could go either way uh on thursday to see if we get a good competitive back and forth game or if it, we get another case for we can live without thursday night football
0: yeah no i i i, I definitely think uh we we can certainly live without uh, thursday night football uh what uh what what's been your thoughts on uh Eberflus here so far to you know start what out? man
1: it's Obviously he's a first year coach. He's doing it yeah. on his own for the first time. There's obviously yeah. some things that he needs to work on. But one thing he's got down cold is these guys don't quit. You oh, know, good. These good, guys good. don't quit. I mean, um we make our mistakes and they can be costly. Uh and everything like last week we 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 only lost we lost 20 to 12 last week and our punt right. returner muffs a punt in the fourth quarter that we would have, you know, that we would have had the drive that we tried to, you know, tie up the game uh, right. and everything. We're still in it uh, at the end. And, you know, yesterday we're down 21 to three. Minnesota absolutely just goes up and down the field. The first three drives, three touchdowns on the board is 21 to three in the past. Yeah. That's all she wrote. We're done. Yeah. You right. Know? right. Well, maybe we'll put another touchdown on the board, but for the most part, the game's already been decided. Get on the bus. We're heading back to Chicago kind of thing. It's done. But instead, after we're down twenty-one to three, we go on a nineteen-zero run. We're winning this thing twenty-two to twenty-one, uh, going into the in, in the fourth quarter. Here, oh, you wow. know, we just fought our way back. We we made the proper adjustments uh, and everything. So for me, it, it's more about, like I said earlier, getting off to a good start as opposed to getting underwater and then fighting our way back. But yeah. they keep fighting, and like I said, we were on our way. We were we were on that drive. Just it looked like Justin right. Fields against the Steelers last year when he drove us down the field we take the lead with you know a minute to go and then our defense lets us down pittsburgh kicks the game winning field goal but it like that's what fields looked like it was his best game of the year last oh, wow. year yesterday was his best game of this season we saw it coming together we saw more confidence more uh you know it, it was it was everything we were looking for and, Justin right. Fields. and, of course, we didn't get it till the second half, 12 of 13, and a touchdown uh, and everything, not to mention a rushing touchdown that was taken away from him uh, and everything. So, But, I mean, these guys fight. They make great second-half adjustments because yesterday was the first time we gave up a touchdown in the second half all year. Oh, wow. So you That's know, great. Yeah. So it's, if we can figure out how to be gangbusters in the first and second quarter, right? we'll start winning some football games because we've got it down on how to finish a game. But how we start one is what's hurting the Bears right now. So, and that's just a matter of of Iberflus and and those guys being more prepared going into the games, I would think, instead of catching up uh, as the game goes along.
0: Absolutely, no, that's great. That's great to hear. So,
1: but I mean, because that's what killed us against Green Bay. We first drive of the game, drive it right down for a touchdown, and then we lost the uh, we lost the rest of the first half, twenty four to nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, can't let that it's, happen against Aaron Rodgers. No, he's just like, no, oh, no. here we go, touchdown, 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 boom, twenty-four-seven. Here we go. Yeah,
0: you, know you got to I mean? be consistent yeah, from yeah. the first quarter through the fourth. Uh, I mean, really, like you know, especially for teams like ours, it, you you can't go a quarter or a half without being productive because the other teams are just too good to come back on.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and to have these these early lapses uh, and everything, like your game against Philly, Philly scored yes. all of its points in the second quarter. Yeah, they did nothing else in yeah. uh, the other three quarters. Shut them out and, first, third, and fourth, and and yet you still lost by two scores. Uh, yeah, twenty four to eight. Uh, yeah, nine sacks, man. What the? I mean, I've 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 still had PTSD from watching Justin Fields get sacked nine times against the Browns yeah. last year. But that's got to be mind-numbingly frustrating to watch. Oh, when,
0: I mean, you're you're watching it and you 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 know exactly what's coming. Scott Turner is calling these five and seven step drops. And the Eagles have a heavy pass rush, so I mean you're playing right into the defense's hands. So as they're you know um, pass rushing, they're they're trying to bend that uh, that edge. Yeah. Literally, as the you know Wentz gets back to his uh, his seventh step, boom, those uh, defenders are right in his face. And yeah. then you ask him to do that 40 plus times. That offensive tackle is like, uh, you got to be kidding me here. I uh, you know I can't catch a break. And it, it's sack, it's fumble, it's int.
1: Well, and you and you realize I know your tackles Lucas and Leno are former yeah. bears so yeah. and Leno I had a love hate relationship when he was in Chicago he was one of our more consistent players in the fact that yeah. you could depend on him to be there on Sunday yeah he was he was a healthy enough player solid enough player to be there and more times than not he did the job but it's like when he was off it was glaringly bad like you could just see like Leno's getting eaten alive
0: Yeah, there it, and, and- yeah, and that's the and that's, you know, kind of the frustrating thing this season is last year. He you know his first three games. He was a little shaky and then he got dialed in and then he was excellent the rest of the year and last year. Obviously, we had Taylor Heineke at quarterback, but we had to run it um, a little bit more and be a little bit more uh, balanced because hey, we've got a backup quarterback with a noodle arm. It uh, you, you know you can't really <laughs> sling. You can't really sling it 40 times a game uh, in that uh, in that situation. So we were more balanced and our offensive line. Mine was way way better than they have been this year you come into this season now and all we're asking our guys to do is pass block so yeah Leno has had uh, he actually played uh, a little bit better yesterday um, but you know he had some rough moments um, you know this season uh, Lucas got his first start yesterday he looked uh, he looked good yesterday as opposed to Cosme who we had there before who got injured um, so yeah it, it's uh, you know for me it's a lot of hey we need to be more balanced our offensive line isn't good enough to just solely throw it uh, every time. We've got to give these guys some help and run the football a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, if you could ask an offensive lineman, as I love to say, as a former offensive lineman myself, absolutely. you ask them,
0: yep. would you prefer to
1: run block or pass block?" Run. I'll run day. the ball a hundred times in a row if you want. exactly. Okay? Exactly. I will absolutely do that because it's all about getting leverage, getting your hands on your guys. Pass blocking is exhausting. Yeah, uh, and you, you know, especially if if you're having trouble passing the ball, then you're not only are you asking me to protect for the three to four seconds my quarterback needs, now maybe I have to protect for seven or eight seconds while he scrambles around the pocket waiting for receivers to get open and all that kind of stuff, and you want me to do that 40 yeah. to 50 times uh, a game. By the end of the game, I've got nothing left. You're lucky if I'm still standing upright, uh, let alone trying to block one of the premier pass rushers in the league coming off the edge. It's, you're just asking too much of your line if, if you're doing that.
0: Yeah, exactly. When you're run blocking, you're delivering the blow. When you're pass blocking, you're absorbing the blow. Right. And uh, nobody wants to do that. No one wants to absorb the blow for 40 plus times a game. It just just like you said, it's exhausting. It wears on you. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, you're you're exhausted and defeated. So right. uh, I, I'm with you on that. I, I I want my offensive linemen moving forward, not dropping backwards that many times. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where we are. And uh, it'll be up to our offensive coordinator, Scott Turner. Or for him to kind of come to that realization or we're gonna keep you know charging away and looking for these deep shots
1: so why do you see Thursday nights uh, unfolding I mean to tell you the truth uh, I, I I give my picks on my on my NFL show and yeah. I am one for four on Thursday night like I think that the pick that I'm making is the most logical one aside from Buffalo beating the Rams week one I'm four straight losses on Thursday so I'm I'm afraid to pick a game. I'm afraid to pick the Bears because I think I'm I'm jinxing them by picking picking them. Yeah. But it's like I I think the Bears have a better chance to win than Washington does, but Absolutely. like I said, there's there's a lot of holes and a lot of things that can go wrong. I could also see Washington uh winning this game. How do you see it going?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would love to pick Washington and say, "Hey, easy, no problem, we're going to win." I pick Washington to beat uh Tennessee and they they looked like how they you know looked all year they struggled to get the 17 points that we got on Sunday and in a short week, I don't see them changing anything and I think the blueprint is out there of what teams need to do to uh, to beat us and I think uh, you guys are going to come away with uh, the victory and uh, I think Justin Fields will have a coming out party and uh, uh, he'll have a great day and uh, you guys you guys are probably going to run away with this one.
1: Um, from your lips to God's ears, man. I hope that that <laughs> happens. I really do. That would be Believe, believe would me, be I take so no nice. pleasure. I take no pleasure. Well, you, in know this, you, you know what? You, you are me last week because yeah. people asking me, like, you know, Bears, Vikings, what do you think? It's like, well, this is the most complete offense we've, we've faced all year. Justin yeah. Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, yeah. Kirk Cousins. He's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but he gets the job done. And even with Aaron Rodgers, you're dealing with rookies and Alan Lazard. It's like, they don't really have a wide receiving core out there. They don't throw the ball in San Francisco. The Texans are God awful. And you know, uh, who do we play last week? I keep forgetting the giants, the giants, their top three receivers are injured or not playing. Uh, So it's like going into this game, We've had so much trouble stopping the run, so there's Dalvin Cook with his foot in our ass all day long, and now you've got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on top of it. They might break the scoreboard on us. Like, yeah. I can't in good conscience with the way my team has been playing pick the Bears to beat the Vikings. I just, I just can't do it. We almost pulled it off, but yeah. I couldn't pick the Bears to win, and I ended up being right, uh, unfortunately. So I, I I completely empathize with your Situation. I know you want to take Washington. I know you want to pick oh, your guys absolutely. to win. It's like, but after what I've seen for the last five weeks, what the Bears do well is what we don't do well at all. This thing could go sideways yeah. on us. And, and so here's
0: easily. the here's the thing: like we we struggled against uh, mobile quarterbacks. We did a decent job, I think, against Jalen Hurts. We limited his carries. Um, in in that game against the uh, the eagles earlier this year but overall we've struggled with mobile quarterbacks and I can see Justin fields kind of taking off and gashing us for some big runs and he's got a cannon of an arm so I can see him uncorking some deep shots and that that that's a that's a that's a easy that's an automatic uh score on us so I think with those two right there I think that will uh that that that'll be enough to kind of tip the scales in your guys' favor well.
1: I hope you're right, my friend. I really do. That would be that would be fun for me to watch, and uh, you know, I'd I'd be my heart would be bleeding for you because, you know, I like you, man. I don't want your team, you know. But uh, yeah, these things have to happen. So we'll see how it goes
0: on Thursday night. It'll be a trade off. If you guys beat us, we'll leave Ron Rivera in Chicago for you. You guys can take (laughs) care of him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey he's an 85 bear we welcome him with open arms yeah he'll, exactly he'll so never we'll, pay we'll for leave. a meal or a drink for the rest of his life if he stays in Chicago
0: there there you so, go there you go
1: yeah but uh we'll be doing it in those orange uniforms so I'll be watching the game through my fingers and like oh god this is awful <laughs> so we'll absolutely see. we'll see how it goes so uh Brian it's been great love having you on man tell us where we can uh keep up with you uh catch your show that kind of thing
0: Yeah, man, thank you. This was a a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Who with two O's one. The podcast is Commander's Declassified Podcast. We are available on all audio platforms. The website is WFTDeclassified.com. You can also find us on YouTube as well.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much
0: uh, for joining
1: us, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. All right, man, good luck. As always, want to thank my guest, uh, Mister Who, aka Brian from the Commander Declassified Podcast. Uh, had a great time talking to him. Kind of got my week started off on a on a good foot, you know, talking to uh, like minded individuals, you know. And and, and I've uh, we he and I talked about this after uh, we finished recording uh, the interview. Was that one of the things that I love about being a podcaster and uh, having the having guests? On the show is that despite the fact that he bleeds, you know, burgundy and gold, and I bleed the orange and blue, um, you know, there's a shared understanding about who we are as people, because he dedicates a portion of his life to his team the same way I do uh, with mine. We love and agonize over what our teams do and want the best uh, for them, and um, you know, it, it's it's really a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, you guys over the years uh Evan Western, one of my favorite guests, a Packer fan. Uh Chris Gates, one of my favorite guests, a Vikings fan. Jeremy Reisman, one of my favorite guests, a Lions fan. These are the three guys who are supposed to hate the most. And yet, if you ask me who I would want to have on the show, you know, in the, in a split second, those three guys are going to be at the top of the list to uh, you know, to just to bring them on just to talk to them because I enjoy it so much. So, um um, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to Brian for coming and hanging out with us, taking time out of his his Monday morning to to uh, uh, put this uh, interview uh, together. So let's wrap this thing up. We got keys to the game now, and and one of the the first key that you you kind of heard me to allude, you heard me allude to at the at the open with uh, picking up where we left off on offense. You know, let's put the ball in Justin Fields' hands because he was on a streak there. Uh, at the end of the ball game, let him run the offense. We, we can't afford to sleep through the first half again. Uh, we did it against San Francisco. We did it against Minnesota for sure. Um, we had a lull in the first half after taking a 10 nothing lead uh, on the Texans. Uh, you know, the Giants, we never really got going uh, against the uh, Giants. We, we couldn't get out of our own way. We kept settling for field goals uh, and, and what have you. And, you know, it's, it's really been detrimental to the team and the progress that we're trying to make uh, in 2022, so it's like let's just strike while the iron's hot. Let's take advantage of the fact that we've got this small window uh, between games. It's like don't, don't try to warm us into the game. Let's let's go for it. Let's get in there. Let's attack right off the bat. Let's go after uh, the commanders. Uh, the corresponding key for that though is with the. Offensive or excuse me, defensive front that the Commanders have, especially coming off the game they just came off, where they literally, literally, <clears throat> excuse me, harassed Ryan Tannehill all day. They sacked him five times, and I want to say they only sacked him five times because they were in his face, on his back, up his ass the whole game. Anytime he dropped back for a pass, there was somebody uh, in his face. He was under duress throwing the ball virtually every time he dropped back. Uh, To throw. So the other key is help the offensive line if it struggles against that Washington front, because Washington is similar to us. They're a get home with four defense, and if those front front four guys are getting there and and making life rough uh, for us, let's get them some help. Keep the running backs in. Keep the tight ends in. You know, if they need the help, Justin needs the time. To, to be able to find receivers to make the right reads, make the proper throw, uh, and everything like that. I don't mind if we see Justin Fields running because he's been very productive this year when he does that, but I would like for Justin to be a little bit more patient in the pocket and wait for things to open up because I've seen so many clips on Twitter in these first five games where well, he was much better with it against the Vikings, but in the first four games for sure, if he had just waited half a second... Uh, a longer a receiver would have, w- was coming open like as he's breaking the pocket a receiver is is coming open and not because the DB stopped to react to Fields breaking the pocket but because the receiver became open so if he had just been a smidge more patient he'd have been able to get the ball downfield which is what the play was designed to do uh, and I think he was much better with that against the Vikings than, than he had been in the first uh, four games and I would like to see that as well we don't want Justin to automatically hit his fifth or his seventh step on on the drop and then immediately start to break the pocket and and run downfield. I want his eyes downfield looking for open uh, receivers, waiting for things to open up and and so on. So I would much rather uh, see that. And then the third and final key is what killed us against Minnesota. They were 12 for 15 on third down uh, in that game. 80%, which is only about 40% higher than the NFL average uh, on third down. 80% third down conversion rate. And, and what th- the biggest killer was the five of six for third down on the final drive that uh, what essentially became the game-winning touchdown for Minnesota. They had five of six and the, the sixth one they converted on fourth down. So we got to get the commanders off the field because you can't afford to give a team that has been struggling extra chances because it gives them confidence. And when a team is playing with confidence, that is a very, very difficult team to beat. And right now, this is a very winnable game for the Bears, despite the fact that we will be wearing the worst uniforms in the history of the NFL um, on Thursday night. It is going to be a goddamn eyesore to watch, and I'm not looking forward to it at all. And therefore, my fourth and final key to the game is that when the game is over, I would like them to um, convene at the 50-yard line, dump the helmets and jerseys in the middle of the field, and set them on fire. Um, I know that's not going to happen because we have to take those abominations to Dallas in two weeks on on week eight. But um, that is what I'd love to see. You know, I'd, I'd be uh, I'd, 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 I'd go to Soldier Field and, and dance around the fire like a like a wild Indian uh, from the Old West. <laughs> if they did that, I would literally dance around and celebrate uh, this fire burning those abominations uh, out of our universe. But uh, sadly, that won't happen. So keys to the game. We want to pick up where we left off on offense. Let's get the ball in Justin's hands, uh, you know, show him that we trust him. 'Cause that was also kind of an issue early earlier in the in the season. It seems like we trusted him a little bit more on Sunday and it paid dividends when uh, when the when we started moving the football at the end of the second and quarter and in through the second half. Let's help the offensive line if they struggle against that Washington front. Should be easier to handle with the whole we're only, you know, trying to get home with four type thing. So hopefully that uh doesn't become an issue, but if it does, don't be stingy. Give them the help that they need so that Justin has the time that he needs in order to look downfield and make the throws. And then finally, let's get off the field on third down. It was murder uh, on us against the Vikings. So there you have it, guys. That is your week six preview for the Bears Talk Underground, getting you ready for Bears Commanders tomorrow night on Thursday night. Uh, Come back Tomorrow when we will have the week six preview episode for the NFL and the rest of the schedule. And then Friday I'll be back once again. You get me five days this week, (laughs) thanks to the uh, schedule uh, and everything to review bears commanders um, and uh, to hopefully it will be a happy wrap up and uh, we'll be thrilled with the result and uh, how the offense performed and, and have a nice little 10-day break to get, actually an 11-day break to get ready for New England on Monday Night Football in week number seven. So, um, and then we'll have a special episode uh, coming out on Monday, which will, you know, kind of keep the routine in place, if you will, the the um, Monday-Tuesday routine at the beginning of the week. Uh, Lauren Cox is going to join us uh, to recap the, I guess we can't call it a quarterly. It'd be like, I think what we agreed on was, uh, the split would be six, six and five. So now that we've had our, this is the one third, you know, trying to divide up 17 games evenly is not possible. So um, we're going to do six, six and five. So week six, Lauren's going to come on and, and uh, we'll recap this uh, first six games, which should be an interesting conversation uh, with myself and our good friend from locked on bears. And uh, that will be dropping on Monday. And then of course, Tuesday, the review for week number six in the NFL As well. So there you have it. There's your slate. I'll be back on, uh, you know, be back tomorrow with the NFL preview, back on Friday with the Bears Commanders review, and then back on Monday uh, with the week, with the six week recap, and Tuesday with the NFL uh, week six review. So there you have it. So come on back tomorrow for the week six preview uh, for the NFL. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been. The Bears Talk Underground. (laughs) This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Fill out the quick Google form. Register for your points bet account and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts guys i'm in my 16th season doing this show it's the first time i've had a shirt available for my podcast i'm so proud to finally have one and i want you to have it so follow the steps and get yourself your very own bear stock underground t-shirt today and thank you to points bet for partnering up with sports drink and thanks to points bet for sponsoring the podcast